Jeopardy! has been in the news a lot this year, both for James Holzhauer's historic championship run and for Alex Trebek's recent cancer diagnosis. But when we talked about the long-running game show last year, Jeopardy! was just an eternal juggernaut. I'm Stephen Thompson in this encore edition of Pop Culture Happy Hour from NPR. Host Linda Holmes and I convene a panel to discuss Jeopardy! in all its glory, so don't go away. Support for this podcast and the following message come from The Jump, a new MailChimp original podcast. Listen as host Shirley Manson sits down with some of the most influential musicians of the last two decades, including Big Boy, Perfume Genius, and Courtney Love, to discuss the song that represents their artistic moments of truth and the impact that song had on both their careers and their lives. Listen and subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back. You just met NPR Music's Stephen Thompson. Also with us is Glenn Weldon of the NPR Arts Desk. Hi, Glenn. Hey, Linda. And in our fourth chair today from NPR Music, we are joined by our friend Marissa LaRusso. Hi, Marissa. Hi, Linda. So we wanted to talk about Jeopardy! today because it's hot, because it's on the tip of the young people's lips. <laughs> this is your basic... Ripped from the headlines. Ripped from the headlines. That's, of course, not true. Jeopardy! has been around forever. And we were talking recently about the fact that, for me, Jeopardy! is what went between the news. Mm -hmm. When I was growing up, it was for the block between the news and primetime television was that seven o'clock block. Glenn not only would have been, you know, my contemporary, but also would have been watching on the same channels I was. WPVI TV, Philadelphia. Philadelphia. So, Glenn, what is your Jeopardy uh, general feeling? Well, as a vector for reminding your parents that they are raising an insufferable, smarty pants know it all, yeah. there is nothing better. You just sit there and shout out the answers. Especially in the first part. Did I go conspicuously quiet during Double Jeopardy? Mm. Yeah, maybe I did. Uh Did I get stopped dead by sports, military history, and opera? Yep. Uh But uh, I would come home uh, from college and they would think that they were getting their money's worth because I would just... (laughs) Because they watch both Wheel of Fortune and Jeopardy. Yeah. And by the way, side note, Wheel of Fortune is to Jeopardy as the Highlights Magazine Seek and Find is to the Time Sunday Crossword. Okay? Wow. It's a big leap up. <laughs> but if I could, what I wanted to do was always come back home during a teen week, college yes. week, mm-hmm. or especially Celebrity, Celebrity Jeopardy. Jeopardy. <laughs> because Andy Richter accepted uh, celebrities are dummy dum-dums, and you can seem like a god. Yeah, and we will come back to this because that has been fodder for some Saturday Night Uh Live. Yes, it has. That we will get back to. Marissa, we were talking about the fact that, you know, Glenn and I were probably watching this much earlier in time than you could possibly have been. Perhaps. What is your Jeopardy attitude? I love Jeopardy, but I didn't grow up watching it. Mm -hmm. Um, But a couple years ago, I moved into a house with a lot of friends, and one of those friends grew up watching Jeopardy with her mom every single day. So when we moved in, she decided we were a Jeopardy house, and we would always be a Jeopardy house. And so now as a house, we watch Jeopardy every day. And I feel like from the commercials during Jeopardy, I always assume that perhaps Jeopardy thinks its audience is, you know, mostly older folks. It's a lot of heart burn or blood pressure medication (laughs) ads. I don't know. Digestive. Digestive. (laughs) Walk-in showers. (laughs) Walk-in tubs. Uh Exactly. But I will say that earlier this year, none other than RuPaul was a guest on Jeopardy. Oh, yeah. And as soon as I checked Instagram after Jeopardy, which is such a millennial thing to say, (laughs) I I saw that like at least 10 people I knew were posting on Instagram, oh my God, did you guys see it was RuPaul on Jeopardy? And I thought, oh my God, all these millennials watch Jeopardy. It's not just us. No, absolutely not. Look, 
if you try to come at me and you say Jeopardy's not cool, that's ridiculous. <laughs> that's Jeopardy ridiculous. is always cool. Back me up, Stephen Thompson. Absolutely. But when I was a kid, Jeopardy was the library of game shows. Mm-hmm. And so I was a game show freak when I was probably 10, 11, 12 years old. And I would pretend to be sick so that I could stay home and watch syndicated game shows. And to me, the deadly part of the day was when game shows gave way to soap operas. Mm-hmm. Because yeah. I liked my card sharks. I liked my prices Right. Yeah. I liked my Press Your Luck. Uh-huh. I like my tic-tac-doe, loud with a cartoon. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and, you know, and, and packaged around a game like the Card Sharks game, which is pretty easy yeah. to follow, or, or The Price is Right, where it's like, can he hit a putt? Yeah. You know, these Tattletales. Tattletales. <laughs> you know, these games sure. that are very conceptually simple to follow and where you're not necessarily playing along at home so much as wondering what will happen. Right. And so Jeopardy to me, when I was really, really getting into game shows, was a little too dry and fusty by comparison. Plus, I'm a dummy. <laughs> so, so, so you weren't shouting out the answers like Glenn was. I mean, I was when I could. Yeah. And I agree with Glenn completely that the celebrity Jeopardy oh, is the boy. way to go because you can test your worth against <laughs> people who are much more successful than you are. <laughs> and feel good about yourself. And, and occasionally, like, if you feel aligned with a celebrity for some reason, like, yeah. for example, Green Bay Packers quarterback Aaron Rodgers, I can be like, well, he's, he's like us. He's smart. He won. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because he knew, like... <laughs> questions about basketball players. Yeah. Well, and speaking of speaking of that, I have to say one of my favorite recent clips was the Jeopardy episode where all three contestants yes. studiously avoided the football questions. Yep. <laughs> yep. There was a lot. There was a, a the, the board was completely clear except, except for all a the column of football questions, and they went through them, and none of them even attempted. Not even the 200 questions. Any of them. A trained chimp could get the 200 (laughs) questions. It was like the Dallas blank. (laughs) (laughs) None of them attempted. No, actually, the $200 question, I believe, was what an option play was. Okay, well, I'm out. And I was like, that is not a good $200 question. (laughs) But nobody even attempted any of them. And it was like to see people who are successful at something on television being celebrated for their intellect and yet totally uninterested in sports, I actually think there's some value in that. Well, Although I... Alex Trebek did act very disgusted. Well, this gets to an important distinction between this show and other game shows are the contestants. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about the contestants, because especially if you grew up in the 70s and 80s, you saw a lot of contestants on game shows who were picked from the pool of unemployed L.A. actor-slash-models. Well, and who's the most voluble? Right, right, exactly. And whenever they do the interviews on Jeopardy!, I always just cringe because if you're me, as soon as they start speaking, you hear your own voice coming out of their mouth. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I think you'll you'll find this is a very amusing story, Alex. And I'm like, nope. Doppelganger. Uh-huh. Curse you, get out of my way. <laughs> was it Charles Corralt who believed that everyone had a story to tell? Oof. Yeah. The Not Je- true. Jeopardy interviews, <laughs> Jeopardy interviews prove otherwise. Uh, yep. So, Marissa, have you ever aspired to be on Jeopardy? I have not aspired to be on Jeopardy because being embarrassed in public is a thing that I prefer to avoid. Mm-hmm. 
I do know someone who is on Jeopardy, though. Oh, you do? Yes. Former NPR Music employee and queen of my heart, Rachel Horn, not only was on Teen Jeopardy, but won Teen Jeopardy. I've worked with Rachel Horn. I believe it. I didn't know that. (laughs) It is unsurprising. You can go online and find a webpage where she's interviewed after she wins, and she says she's going to buy a bunch of saxophones. (laughs) Story checks out. Incredibly charming. (laughs) That is incredibly charming. I don't know. I feel like being on Jeopardy would be one of those things where... It's like on Chopped, where you watch Chopped and you think, I could do that. Like, I could make something out of that. See, I don't think that ever. Whereas on Jeopardy, I think especially if you get lulled into a lot of those $200 and $400 questions, it's like, I could do this. And then you just forget all the ones where you're like, well, forget that question. Because you have to deal with all the questions Mm -hmm. if you're actually doing it. I think I would embarrass myself. Well, I spent a little bit of time in preparing for this show at thejeopardyfan.com. Nice. And uh, they they go deep. (laughs) They go deep. There are acronyms that Uh you didn't know existed. Mm -hmm. And I spent some time on the Ken Jennings statistics page in which they established just how dominant all-time Jeopardy winner Ken Jennings was in his 74-show winning streak. And what went into even pulling that off, there's also a long piece on 538 establishing like why (laughs) Ken Jennings' 74-episode streak will never be duplicated, just how mathematically improbable it is. And you start to read up on stuff like one thing that made Ken Jennings particularly great at the game was he had freakish buzzer awareness Mm -hmm. And so much of your ability to play Jeopardy well is to master the art of hitting the buzzer not too early and not too late. I think everybody, if you're looking for partners on a dating site, you should put, I have freakish buzzer awareness. (laughs) (laughs) Is that the scientific term for that? I know where the buzzer is. Well, that 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 lockout button, that idea that if you press the button while Alex is still asking the question, uh-huh. you cannot buzz in again for another half second. Yeah. That is, if you have watched Alex Trebek over his career, mm-hmm. if you watched him on card trucks, you know that contestants weighing in before he's finished answering the question is a pet peeve that drove him nuts. So yeah. I'm sure <laughs> yeah. that's all behind that. It also slows down the game. So the conceit of this game, right, is that we supply the answers. They supply the questions. Now, Real talk, that's not really what goes on no, here. Of course right. not. Because think about that. On paper, they would say Diedrich Bonhoeffer, and then you could say, if you're a contestant who's a 20th century uh, German pastor and theologian who wrote The Cost of Discipleship, uh, you could say that. Or you could also say, What's a fun name to say? Yeah. Or, <laughs> or if you're Cliff Clavin on Cheers, you could say, Who's somebody who's never been in my kitchen? Uh-huh. It would be rank anarchy. So exactly. they need to put this thing on rails. They need yeah. to do that. Where it's all you're really doing is slapping a who is, what, oh, yeah. if, what is in Absolutely. front of it. Absolutely. It's, uh, it's, a, it's a fraud. It's a fraud. The format it's a fraud. is a fraud. <laughs> Deeply yeah. enjoyable fraud. Yeah. It's also, unlike a lot of knowledge-based game shows, I think they actually managed to pack a lot of questions and answers into it compared to a show like Millionaire, where there's so much oh, filibustering yeah. going on and so much interviewing going on and so many attempts to keep the game slow to kind of save money. Mm-hmm. And if you think of Jeopardy as a sport, and I do. There are a lot of plays in the game compared to a lot of knowledge-based shows that are really kind of dragging everything out. I agree with that. It does have less filler than many game shows. I agree with that. So I want to talk, too, about the pop culture sort of takeoffs of Jeopardy, which are plentiful. Mm -hmm. Just on Saturday Night Live, they had a long-running celebrity Jeopardy with Will Ferrell as Alex Trebek, really playing into, I think, Trebek's pretentious 
impatience, pissiness, mm-hmm. but also that the celebrities were really stupid. Yep. Was yeah. the was the gag? Um, Daryl Hammond. Daryl Hammond's uh, Sean Connery sure. was just a vulgarian, aggressive, dumb. Norm Macdonald playing Burt Reynolds, which is a really random. It, a lot of times it was. Apparently, those sketches were created by Norm Macdonald so he could do his Burt Reynolds impersonation. <laughs> well, that's the thing is, it's like it's there. They seem like random collections of celebrity impersonations, and yet they're actually quite funny. You know why they work? It's because of the host, uh, Will Ferrell's Alex Trebek. Amazing, great, mm-hmm. captures that impatience. But especially for Black Jeopardy, if you do not have Kenan Thompson playing his his host, reacting to every dumb yeah. thing out of these celebrities' mouths, he is the heart and soul of that sketch. Yeah. He, he justifies his long tenure on SNL just with a Black Jeopardy sketch. Oh, yeah. But I think Black Jeopardy, one of my favorite things that they ever have done on that show is the Black Jeopardy sketch with T'Challa from Black Panther. (laughs) That's what I'm thinking of. It is so funny and brilliant, and it's such a different spin on kind of what Jeopardy is, because Kenan Thompson, I think, manages to make it so much more generous than Alex Trebek in some ways, because the Alex Trebek, particularly as done by Will Ferrell, is just constantly angry at these idiots that he has to be around, which is sort of how the real Alex Trebek was when the people didn't get the football questions. Uh, I'm a big fan of Black Jeopardy. Well, Glenn mentioned the Cliff Clavin episode, the the Cheers, where Cliff goes on on Jeopardy and famously uh, biffs the the (laughs) final Jeopardy. But the one that always stood out to me is the Weird Al Yankovic parody, I Lost on Jeopardy. Oh, yeah. Parodying a song by the Greg Kinn Band Mm -hmm. called Jeopardy. Greg Kinn has been completely forgotten. (laughs) But this this song has managed to endure. The song is so old that the lyrics reference the host, Art Fleming, Mm -hmm. who last hosted Jeopardy. Jeopardy in like 1979. Well, right? and I have to say, for Greg Kinn's mom, who's currently about to write us a letter. Apologies to Greg. Hey, I, apologies. I, I said his name. Apologies. <laughs> and you know, uh, that video, the Weird Al video, came out in 1984, which is also when the Alex Trebek Jeopardy premiered. Yep. So could a silly Weird Al Yankovic video be responsible for the return of Jeopardy <laughs> and Alex <laughs> Trebek's career? I'm not going to say yes. I'm not going to say no. Uh, uh, association is not causation, but yeah, think about it. Could be. So Alex Trebek, uh, mustache or no mustache? That's the question. I want the, I need the mustache. I want him to have the mustache. It bothers me when he shaves off the mustache. Agreed. I think he's obligated. Though Weird Al eventually shaved off his mustache. That's true. Survived. What do you think, Marissa? I'm definitely pro mustache. Yeah. If you can have a... a a recognizable facial hair situation, you should go for it. Yeah. <laughs> I agree. I want to uh, I want to ask about one more thing suitably as we get to the end of this conversation, and that is final Jeopardy strategy. Because final Jeopardy strategy, I'm going to say, is where the great separate themselves from the good. Because every now and then you will see somebody whose final Jeopardy strategy is real bad. <laughs> oh, who was like felled by basic math. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It reminded me, I, I mentioned Tic-Tac-Doe earlier. Every once in a while, you would watch a contestant on Tic-Tac-Doe who would just didn't know how to play Tic-Tac-Toe. <laughs> there are like three <laughs> rules in which you will never fail at Tic-Tac-Toe. Yeah. Uh-huh. And people would do that. And so, yeah, you'll see people who just do the math wrong. Yeah. I will say, too, that I read a study recently that said that women statistically bet less on Final Jeopardy than men do. So maybe it's where the good are separated from the great, or maybe it's patriarchy. Who's to say? Uh It's also true. Also true. Because I think when you get to the end, people who bet too much 
when they have more than twice the amount of the nearest competitor, when they lose, if they lose, is the most satisfying thing ever. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's just your ridiculous arrogance. You didn't have to lose. Mm-hmm. Didn't have to go that way. Of the many reasons I will never do Jeopardy, uh, I wouldn't qualify. I'm afraid of public embarrassment, along with Marissa. And uh, math, <laughs> basic subtraction, <laughs> subtracting <laughs> from zero. Can't do it. Can never have been able to do it, so nope, yeah. nope, nope, nope. And you nope. have to do difficult. it fast, and yep. you have to do it in front of strangers. Mm-mm. That's tough. Oh, Mm-mm. the potential to try to answer something and get it wrong in a way that reveals the breadth of your ignorance <laughs> mm-hmm. is so terrifying <laughs> yeah. to me. I, I actually, weirdly enough, and this says something about me, I know a couple of people who've been on Jeopardy. <laughs> <laughs> and when I talk to them about it, I always think there's just no way that I could have it be out there, that it was one question that I didn't know the answer to that cost me that kind of money. Because I know that for the rest of my life, people would come up to me and say, hey, how about that War of eighteen twelve, mm-hmm. <laughs> and I, I, and I would be I would be flummoxed by it for the rest of my life. You're like it's eighteen twelve. It's right there in the name. <laughs> <laughs> how did I? How did I not know? How did I think this... Walter Cronkite covered it? <laughs> <laughs> this war held in eighteen twelve. <laughs> well, that's what the questions are like on Celebrity Jeopardy. Yeah, it's that's right. true. It's all good stuff. All good stuff. Well, uh, I appreciate all of you being here to talk about Jeopardy. That brings us to the end of our show. You can follow Marissa at M R S S. L-R-S-S. Thanks to all of you guys for being here. Thank you. And of course, come find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash PCHH or on Twitter. Tweet us at PCHH because we know that you have feelings about Jeopardy. And thank you so much for listening. We will be back here on Friday talking about HBO's Sharp Object. If you have a second and you're so inclined, please give us a review on Apple Podcasts. That will help more folks to find the show. We will see all of you right back here on Friday. Now, I hope and expect this to be the only time that I will speak to you in this manner. I would not provide information beyond that which is already public in any appearance before Congress. Special Counsel Robert Mueller isn't getting his wish. He's set to testify about his investigation into Russian interference and possible obstruction of justice by President Trump. Afterwards, the NPR Politics Podcast is going to be there to break down everything you need to know about what he says.